0: to The Sunny Cat Show with Nicolette and Brian. We'll get real deep with you, educating, inspiring, and solving problems with some of the most inspirational humans on the planet. Buckle up and come on the journey.
1: I'm excited. All right, guys, I'm Nicolette, and today Brian and I are here with Dr. D. Mondragon. He also goes by Skip, and he is here to talk to us today about And not only his impressive background, but uh, tough guys. How about that? We'll talk about some tough guys today. So, thank you so much for joining us, Skip. We really appreciate your time.
2: I am so delighted to be here with you this morning, Nicolette and Brian.
1: Well, Skip, why don't you kick us off by telling us a little bit about your uh, pretty honorable and impressive background?
2: Well, thank you so much. As you mentioned, I'm a physician, an internal medicine physician. And internal medicine physicians were commonly called internists, not to be confused with an intern, a first year graduate uh, from their residency. But we take care of adults. So adult medicine, if you think of the common diseases of adults, high blood pressure, diabetes, heart disease, lung disease, this type of thing. So I tell people we take care of individuals who are 18 years old till the end of their lives individuals with the common cold to those who are hooked up to life-saving equipment in the ICU. That is the scope of internal medicine. I spent 26 plus years in the Army, approximately 26 and a half years in the Army. I am married. I have five wonderful children and my wife and I will celebrate 40 years of marriage on the 30th of this month.
0: Congratulations.
2: Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. We retired from the army in 2014 and relocated back to Texas to be closer to our children and grandchildren. We have four amazing grandchildren.
1: So let me ask, you know, you, you focus a lot um, in your work, aside from just your, your practice um, on depression and uh, in, in men specifically. And now this is drawn from some of your personal experience, correct?
2: Absolutely, yes, it is.
1: So what, my question is then, what did um, depression look and feel like for you? Mm, 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 mm.
2: What did it look and feel like? I started circling down the brink in 2013, approximately a year and a half before I retired from the army. It showed up as insomnia. An hour or so, couldn't get to sleep that stretched out to two hours, three hours, four hours, to the point where I longed for one to two hours of in uninterrupted sleep for the nights I could fall asleep after a few hours within a couple hours. bing, I was wide awake and couldn't fall back asleep. And these negative thoughts, you don't deserve to be a Colonel. You're a fake. You've let the army down. You've let your family down. Who's going to want to hire you? Lost my confidence. I became indecisive. Uh, I was having trouble with my cognition what had i read five minutes before mm-hmm. felt like my mind was just pinging all over the place when i try to sit down and read or pray or uh, meditate couldn't recall names of medications couldn't uh, recall names of medical syndromes you're talking with a patient and you're uh, uh 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 feeling like it's full and it's like you're rummaging through your brain in these files. Try to think, okay, I know the information's there. How come I can't find it? How come I can't find it? I thought I was suffering from premature senile dementia. I actually called Chief of Behavioral Health, explained the situation, and had formal testing. Thankfully, it didn't show that. It attributed to the stress of preparing to retire and the insomnia. So the negative thoughts, the loss of confidence, the shame, uh, the insomnia... And then begin to withdraw, lost passion in things that I'm passionate about. I've been involved with sport of wrestling at that point for, since I was 13 years old. At that time, I was 58 years old, 57 years old, 58 years old. And I lost passion. Just not interested in wrestling, coaching the boys that I normally coached, watching wrestling, having anything to do with wrestling. And that's so unusual for me. Those were the, uh, the major symptoms, but the sine qua non, the thing that hallmarked all of this was the blue mood. My mood became blue. And it's just not the feeling of sadness. It's going to this deep, dark hole. It's this heaviness that descends upon you. It's like this heavy, dark cloud descends upon you. Walking through life without color, going through life in black and white, that is what depression feels like. The inflammation that comes with depression, it made my osteoarthritis worse, the overuse injuries from all the (laughs) training that I did for wrestling, pushing my body too hard, beating it up, that became inflamed. And then my libido, my sex drive, <clears throat> that was gone. So you talk about kicking a guy when he's down. <laughs> how could it get any worse? <laughs> uh, that's what depression uh, felt like. you think?
0: Do you think it started because you mentioned like you started doubting, right? A lot of things. You had a lot going on. You were leaving the army and you started almost self doubting, you know, like where you were, your thoughts and things like that, like re- being able to recall. Do you think that's what sort of made it spiral down quicker?
2: Yeah, it was a lot of things. Uh, certainly, that was a major contributor, Brian. Some things were going on in my department that we're going to impact patient care and graduate medical education, educating residents and visiting medical students. And I took the blame for these things. I could not have done anything to impact that, but I took the blame. I fixated on that. Would would call ruminate this, run it over and over in my mind, lay there in bed at night thinking, oh my gosh, uh, this is horrible. And, that was one of the reasons, but there were so many other factors. The accumulated trauma of many years uh, as a physician, you know, from years past as a youngster, you know, growing up mm-hmm. in the military, the things you're exposed to. I, I was deployed, for instance, for, for 37 months. I spent 30 months in combat zones. So I was away from my family for th- over three and a half years. You know, that, that takes its toll. Things you see and deal with as a physician and in a war zone, all of these accumulated traumas that that I didn't deal with Uh adequately. Uh Plus, I had three surgeries in seven months. And with each of those, it worsened everything, the sleep, my normal routine, my heavy exercise. And one of the things I learned out of all of that is I used intense exercise to deal with anxiety you would ask me before that, are you an anxious person? Oh, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't suffer from anxiety. <laughs> and definitely. I used exercise. That was my self-medication to deal with that. And that was another symptom that I had. I'd actually feel this flutter in my chest and my hands would become tremulous and my voice quaver. And I think, oh my God, Goodness, people are going to be asking Skip, "What's wrong with you?" I'm mm-hmm. holding the bulletin or in in church. My hands are doing this. Uh, it, it was horrible. It was horrible. So, so yeah, so that was part of it. But it was this perfect storm plus the stress of retiring and the uncertainty. This is all we've known for our professional life, except for our residency. We did a civilian residency. Now over a quarter of a century army and now we're stepping into the civilian world and the the uncertainty so there it was a perfect storm right
1: now as a you know uh i will quote this a tough guy right how 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 difficult was it for you to grasp uh, or or accept that you were struggling with depression was that something that was difficult for you
2: it was as a, as a young child, I was bullied. I was typically the smallest kid in my class, so I was bullied. <laughs> yeah, I was an easy target. It's one thing about bullies; they can spot the vulnerable person very easily. It's it's like blood in the water for sharks. They have that ability to pick them out, and I was one of those easy targets. And I was also just horrible at any kind of athletic endeavor. Horrible, I, you name it: kickball, softball, football, baseball, anything having to do with a ball. I couldn't throw. I couldn't catch. I couldn't. Well, that's why you kick, I run I, I exactly because <laughs> none of that other thing. I couldn't shoot. Uh, I failed at tetherball. Uh-huh. I. I I I mean, it was horrible, but wrestling was the first time I thought, oh, I think I can do this. And I then had success. And then the bullies left me alone. So with this, I take on this tough guy persona. I'm not, wasn't any bigger, but now I'm one of the tough guys. Mm -hmm. And wrestling and then being a soldier, a colonel, all of these things. Plus, I've always taken on this caretaker role in my family. I have four younger brothers. And from my earliest days, I can't remember when I wasn't taking care of my brothers. Mm-hmm. And then I'm the third of eight children. And my oldest sister and I, we've always had caretaker roles in the family. Take care of my family, my wife and my kids. Take care of my patients. Take care of my friends. <laughs> That's who I am. And that gets you in trouble if you are not replenishing your own stores. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Emotionally, physically, spiritually. Mm -hmm. You have to keep tabs on all of those things. So getting back to your question, was it hard? You take on these roles, wrestler, soldier, be all you can be. (laughs) combat you know that i've been in, in in those combat zones colonel chief of your department uh, chief medical officer in another hospital uh officer in charge of the 21st combat support hospital in mosul during operation raki q1 yeah you know, these various roles that you take on and the personas you assume you know you're this tough guy and that's what i had taken on and there's this attitude we have as wrestlers you just push yourself you just push yourself Mm -hmm. wrestling is a grueling sport there's very few people that are willing to undergo the rigors to be a good wrestler much or or even to participate in the sport because it's it demands so much of you and we have this philosophy that you just push you just push no matter how much your lungs burn, how much your muscles ache, and how much you want to give up, you just keep pushing yourself. I call it the G factor, guts. You've got it out, we talk about, that you simply keep pushing through it. And that's the persona I took off. And it came to a head on April 17, 2014. It's a global day. I to the office that day onto campus, or, or rather on the Post, uh, Fort Gordon, Georgia. Got there, always got there early. Walked up into my office. Nobody's even on the same floor yet. Down the long corridor, nice shiny floors, every office door is locked, corner office. Unlock the door like I had few thousand times before my time at Augusta. put my lunch away in the anteroom after I turned on all the lights, unlocked the door to my office, stepped in, and I turned around. I locked the door. I turned off those lights. I went over to the blinds, closed all the blinds. I turned off my phones and I crawled up under my desk in a fetal position. And for four hours, I asked myself, Skip, what are you doing? Skip, how did you get here? Skip, what's happening? And for four hours, I'm asking myself those questions. What happened? And I began to put the pieces together very slowly. The symptoms I talked about, mm-hmm. all those things that had been going on for those past several months. Finally, after four hours, skip. You're depressed. Go get help. So April 17, 2014. That began the day of my recovery.
1: So then what would you say to other tough guys then who may be struggling with this, who don't have that um, awareness that you were able to achieve in those four hours?
2: Well, one, I'm a physician and I couldn't understand what was going on with me. So first and foremost, if you're struggling, understand that that doesn't make you a wimp. That doesn't mean you're not a man. Go get help. Don't suffer in silence one more day. Go get help. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your friends and you owe it to your family. Go get help. You don't have to even think, well, I don't have all the symptoms Dr. Mondragon had, but I have some of those symptoms. If any of this resonates with you, then you might be struggling from depression. Go get help. Go get evaluated. We all need a hand up from time to time because that was the hardest appointment, uh, the toughest opponent I've ever wrestled. He had me on my back, struggling ferociously, trying to get up. It was like wrestling a 250 pound behemoth. And no matter what I did, I could not. Get back up. I needed help. So if any of this resonates, please forget about it.
0: So I have a question, right? You talked about tough guys right being tough guys but do you think there are just some people in general whether they're you know men or women who just you know now i come from a wrestling background too i'm a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt you know okay. so okay yeah yeah i, I, yeah. I yeah, see I the hat <laughs> I have that mentality you know what i mean like you know i'm never like you know you're always changing your situation no matter how bad of a situation you try to fix it do you think there's just some people that regardless they will grind through they will try to grind through anything. Do you know what I mean? And it's just their personality. Like you said, you know, I mean, all of us who wrestled know day one of wrestling, there'd be a hundred kids that show up. (laughs) There's like 20 people left because, you know, you know, most people quit, right. They, They can't even deal with the first week, but you know, are there just some people that basically have that mentality where it's just sort of hard for them not to try to grind through whatever the problem is. And that's why they wind up pushing it so far down the road until, you know, like you said, there's a point where they just break.
2: I think that's pro um, I think you're right in a couple accounts there, Brian, is the personality of the individual. That's who we are. Uh, very resilient. Part of that is your background that you faced adversity and you worked through it. I faced a lot of adversity, a lot of trauma throughout my life. And mm-hmm. you know, you just keep pushing through it. You just keep pushing right. and working through that. Personality driven, experience driven, makes you resilient. Mm-hmm. So, all of these factors come in to play. So, yes, I think you're absolutely right. Some of that is certain individuals, that's the way they're hardwired to the point where you don't realize what's going on. Right. One of the things I talk about in, in my book, Wrestling Depression is Not for Wimps, is this idea of that rehab. Well rather prevention always trumps rehab.
1: Yes. I was gonna ask you about so that. So much
2: so much easier to prevent something than it is to rehab something. Yes. And I use an analogy of when I overtrained and suffered a a hamstring injury because I was too proud to stop when I first felt the little twinges in my hamstrings when I was actually not wrestling, but I was practicing judo. I was playing judo. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to seem like a wimp. Mm-hmm. So I'm a wrestler. So I kept practicing a foot sweep, kept mm-hmm. practicing a foot sweep, Kept practicing a foot sweep. Yeah. <laughs> and by the time I got to the, the locker room after my shower, it's like, oh, gee, it's hurt. And then the time I got home, it's like, oh, my gosh, did these hurt. I had ice. I, I couldn't even imagine. I couldn't even bear to use a roller on my, you know, foam roller on my hamstrings. And for the next week, 10 days, it was, they were so painful. I, I could, it, it just hurt to stand up and sit down. It was horrible. And, and then it took months, months literally for that injury to recover. And that was only, through the help of complementary medicine went to rehab and then it's complementary medicine to heal that it, it, it was bad because of pride so yeah. i use that idea that prevention always trumps rehab and the same thing with things related to that if i had the insight to understand look what's happening to you you skip uh-huh. uh, that insomnia was a harbing harbinger then you look at the negative thoughts and the confidence that was dwindling the indecision that came along with that the shame the guilt the withdrawal i'm a physician but i couldn't step back enough to realize all these stores my emotional my physical my spiritual my mental stores—I am just—I am be—I am beaten down. These stores are just ebbing, 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 right. and I'm not adequately replenishing these. Uh-huh.
0: Do, do you think you were? So you you mentioned physical activity, right? Do you think you were masking some of it with physical activity? Because oh, no doubt. I separated my shoulder and literally like (laughs) popped it back in. Two weeks later, I I think I gave it a week and a half, and then I was training again. Like I was just like done. Like they popped it back in at the
2: hospital, and I'm like, oh my god, okay, Dad, let me get back to training.
0: Yeah, like, I'm like, I got to get back to training because, you know, you, you feel, I mean, anyone that trains, especially in, you know, judo, I mean, and if people don't understand what judo is, like, if you're watching this, go to YouTube and actually look at judo throws like in the Olympics or at a high level. It is brutal. Brutal. Some of these throws. Um, but you know, you you, you wind up almost like sometimes going like you feel more normalized when you have that physical activity. Like I think, it you know, you almost balances you makes you feel more balanced. And I think a lot of times we mask some of the stuff with that addiction to whatever sport it is we're doing, especially when they're extreme, like wrestling or judo or jujitsu or whatever the case is.
2: No doubt. No doubt. I was self-medicating. Mm-hmm. I was self-medicating to help regulate my mood there. There's absolutely no doubt about it. And I talk about uh, the F3, three things that are foundational when you're recovering from depression or other things, other mental illnesses, how foundational these are to address your sleep, healthy nutrition and regular exercise these three are so foundational in your recovery, but also to maintain your health and wellness. So there, there is absolutely no doubt. I was exercising to help regulate my mood, undoubtedly.
1: Now you mentioned those three, um, those three F's. I mean, that's part of the preventive measures as well. Correct? Are there any other, um, you know?
2: Well, I, 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 I shouldn't have said the three F's, uh, but the three three foundational and the three Fs are something else we can talk about. But yes, absolutely. They are not just for recovery, but to maintain your health and wellness, uh, undoubtedly, and help to maintain health and wellness for for anybody. Uh, It doesn't matter whether or not you're struggling with mental illness. And I think this is one of the things that the pandemic has brought out, that people's schedule has just you know, so disrupted and people, you know, their diets have, you know, in terms of if they ate, ate a healthy diet. Now, a lot of people let me just, you know, binge on that binge on this and eating whatever. And part of that is comfort eating, emotional eating because of the loneliness because of the uncertainty because of being anxious and fearful trying to comfort themselves there's no doubt that that's part of the problem or now they're feeling depressed and changes in appetite certainly can come with that I mean, there's certain chemicals you eat certain things and it can raise certain chemicals in your brain certain neuro hormones <laughs> and oh i feel better now <laughs> mm-hmm. that's a, tra- a transient thing it's very temporary right with that, are, there, so. are there
1: any other things that you know we can be doing um, as a preventative measure, Uh, so we don't get to that point that you found yourself in.
2: Oh, yes, absolutely. There are things that you can be doing. Well, the foundational things. I think uh, some, some of the other things are simple things that you can be doing. For instance, how you carry yourself in terms of your posture. Think about this device and how much we use this device. Uh-huh. What's the common posture you see people using this? Uh-huh. That's a very weak and contracted posture. When you're in this weak and contracted posture, certain things happen. Your testosterone goes down, your cortisol goes up, and as a result, your creativity goes down, your strength goes down, your endurance goes down, your immunity goes down, your concentration goes down. All of this happens by virtue of a weak contract. And the same thing if you're standing. Think about a, think about a winner in an athletic contest. What do they do? Your head's up, your chest is out, their shoulders are back, you know, they're feeling triumphant here. What happens? You can spot the laser, their head drops, their shoulders cave in, their chest. And that's very weak contracted posture. Mm-hmm. Now with a strong posture there, your testosterone goes up, your cortisol goes down, your strength goes up. Your endurance goes up, your creativity goes up, your concentration goes up, your immunity goes up. All of these things happen by this change in posture. So by the simple fact of changing your posture, you can change your physiology. You change your physiology and you change your psychology. That simple thing. Two day, two minutes. You need to go in for an interview. You're feeling... Anxious or whatever, take a strong posture. You can calm yourself down with things like breathing, breathing exercises. Mindfulness is one thing. Just slow down and enjoy the moment I call about it. Enjoy the journey. Take time to enjoy your food rather than just walk, like so many of us do. Enjoy the sight, the smell, the texture. Be fully present when you're talking with somebody. Put this darn thing away (laughs) out of arm's reach when you're with people so you can give them your full attention. One of the other most important things is surround yourself with family, friends, and incorporate faith. I am a practicing Christian. That's my faith, and that was essential in my recovery and has always been important bedrock, really of my life so family faith and friends were essential in my recovery and are essential in my life getting out in the sun 10 15 minutes a day getting out and connecting with nature these have healing ball plus early morning sun exposure between the hours of 8 and 10 helps regulate certain pro-hormones to help you sleep better at night in terms of melatonin and certain other pro-hormones that improve your health and well-being. You can laugh. I'll come back to that here in a minute. So, gratitude. Writing down three things you're grateful for each day. Just get a little journal. Any notebook will do. Three things I'm grateful for and why I'm grateful for them. And better yet, then share those with somebody. This will make a remarkable difference in how you feel and how you act. And with that, it will change your perspective because you'll be on the outlook for other things that you're grateful for. Mm -hmm. Gratitude can make a big difference. Another there is laughter. Laughter is good medicine. Proverbs 17.22 says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit Drieth up the bones. When I was depressed, I had a broken spirit. And I've written this prescription for thousands upon thousands of patients of mine, and I tell them you must take this medicine liberally each and every day. This medicine has no bad side effects. It has no drug to drug interactions and you cannot overdose (laughs) on So laugh and laugh liberally each and every day. Yeah, especially at yourself, because I laugh at myself
0: all the time. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yes,
2: (laughs) indeed. (laughs) These are some of the simple things that anybody can do in terms of to help themselves.
1: Well, Skip, you know, we're coming up on Memorial Day and um, you mentioned earlier on uh, some of that, you know, some of that uncertainty about leaving the army. And um, what we'd love to know is what is your advice for fellow soldiers who are uh, about to leave as well and get back, you know, to prepare them for that transition? What would you say to them?
2: One, start early in terms of that transition plan. Two, get a mentor. There are programs that want to link you up with a mentor as you make that transition in the community that you're coming into. Three, find individuals that can help you hone your CV so that you take those skills and write it up in such a fashion that it shows the skills you have and how they apply to the civilian sector saying that well i'm a i'm a sergeant major that commanded troops and blah 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 in the army you've got to show how that applies to the civilian sector Mm -hmm. and how those skills translate to the civilian sector and then you've got to learn how to what gaps to fill because the civilian sector They're going to be grateful for your service, but that employer, how are those skills, how is that experience going to help me? How is it going to help my customers? How is it going to help you perform the job I want you to perform? Uh And to be patient with yourself, understand that it's a growing process. For me and my wife, that transition was a lot more difficult than we anticipated far more difficult. And we had been looking and recognizing this is coming. Now the fact that I was depressed the last year and a half in the Army through a big, big monkey wrench and all of that. Things that were leading up to that and then it, preparing to exit that last matter of months out of the Army was somewhat accelerated more than that because the things that I had wanted to get done in preparation really threw our lives out of kilter. Mm -hmm. So start early, do these things and then scout out that community you're going into very closely. And if you have a mentor or mentors that you can reach out to, that makes such a big difference. Find some service buddies, some folks that have retired that you can reach out to in that community. An easy way is LinkedIn, probably very uh, easiest way to make those connections. I think those would be some of the things that I would recommend. Stay in your routines. Don't get out of your routines in terms of the way you conduct yourself as a soldier, your exercise, eating, your, your healthy diets remain in those. I can't tell you the number of soldiers I took care of, but I was I was really saddened by this. Soldiers that were in some cases many years younger than I was that would retire and then their health would lose. go go to pot. They'd gain lots of weight. You know, they develop high blood pressure and diabetes and these ailments that they didn't have now they develop them largely because of the massive weight gain and the changes in their lifestyle and it was sad. Here are these men that were very healthy and vigorous they retire and as I said they were in some cases many years younger than I was and their health was suffering now like that Good grief. These men have served, they retired from the army, and now they're suffering from these health problems because they haven't been taking care of themselves well. So take good care of yourselves. Be kind to yourselves and be kind to others.
1: Skip, thank you so very much. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your work. And um, we'd love to uh, hear about where we can find... You just held up a book. Can you show us that book again?
2: My book is entitled Wrestling Depression is Not for Wimps. I received an international award last week. I'm very proud to receive that. You can most easily find it on Amazon.
1: Okay. And we'll put that link in the description for everyone as well so they can easily. Well, thank you again, Skip. We, we really, really appreciate it.
2: And if you'd like to connect with me, the easiest way to connect is at Skip on Facebook or Twitter at Skip WNW.
1: All right. Thank you so much.
2: It's been my pleasure, Nicolette and Brian. This has been delightful.